أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما صدق الله العظيم discussion that was continuing was regarding the aspects of disputes and trying to avoid these kind of situations the command or the aspect that Allah Ta'ala discusses about the Ibadur Rahman the true servants of Allah Ta'ala وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامَا that they very in a very dignified way keep themselves out of all these kind of issues they don't allow themselves to get caught up in quarrels and disputes unnecessarily and if there is something as we mentioned previously some recoverable rights which a person is entitled to claim that is done in a dignified way the way that the shariat has allowed him to do so nevertheless what we were discussing is that to try and avoid unnecessary issues and dunya after all is dunya is a place of challenge, it's a place of test so things will keep coming up but now the question comes that when these things do keep coming up, how does a person manage to keep his composure, manage to steer away from these kind of situations, after all we are also insan, we are not made out of brick and stone we also have hearts and this is often the aspect that we respond with that I also have a heart, indeed we have hearts so am I expected to just take everything lying down am I expected to just keep digesting everything and how long am I going to become everybody's doormat and they all just will trample over me and carry on and these are the things that normally come on our tongues so indeed we are also insan we are also human being. we also feel the emotions that others feel. But then there's another way to look at it. Supposing somebody speaks ill of us, or somebody says something hurtful to us, but immediately thereafter the person says, well, whatever I did, whatever I said, that wasn't the right thing to have done. So in view of that, there's 10,000 rands. And if the figure goes up, we add one more zero to it, maybe two more zeros, then the person will say, I don't mind every day you do this. And if you want to do it several times a day to you, welcome. Because if this is going to be how it works, that you will abuse me, but you will also match it with some six figures, then you welcome anytime. Now, how did this suddenly become so easy to digest? So it became very easy to digest because of what we understand in terms of that monetary value, that material that he is presenting side by side. And because of that, this not only became easy to digest, it became welcome at any time, whenever you want to, as long as it comes along with this puzzle. So the Ahlullah are likewise also seeing something in return. 
Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib Rahmatullah Alayhi, we mentioned his incident about the issue of that land that he forsake. At that time, people kept on rebuking him that where are you get, going to get a land like this? This land is in the center of town and such a big piece of land. And where are you going to get a land like this? And you're giving it up. And his reply used to be that you are saying, where will I get a land like this? Allah's Nabi Sallallahu has promised مَنْ تَرَكَ الْمِرَاءَ أَنَا زَعِيمٌ بِبَيْتٍ فِي وَسَطِ الْجَنَّةِ لِمَنْ تَرَكَ الْمِرَاءَ وَهُوَ مُحِقٌ That I stand guarantee for a palace in the middle of Jannat. Middle of Jannat like as we say in the heart of town. Meaning the prime part of Jannat. I stand guarantee for a palace in the middle of Jannah for who? لِمَنْ تَرَكَ الْمِرَاءَ وَهُوَ مُحِقٌ for the one who forsakes a dispute despite being the rightful party. That it is his right. And despite being his right, he's saying, okay, just in order to stay out of this problem, stay out of this issue, stay out of this dispute, you keep it. So he says that you are telling me, where will I get it? I will get it in Jannat, in the prime spot of Jannat. So what are you asking me, where will I get something like this? I will get something better than this. So when a person is focusing on what he will get in the akhirah, dunya is a very, very small place. Dunya is not a place that can encompass these rewards. And after all, dunya is a test. If all these rewards had to come, then there will always be a dispute over who keeps it. Because each person will want to pass it on to the next. Nobody will want to keep it. Whereas there have been disputes like this. In Bukhari Sharif, there's a dispute of this nature mentioned. In the time of the Bani Israel, one person bought a land and after some time he found in that land buried one treasure. It was an earthen pot or something, container filled with gold. So he came with this pot of gold to the seller and he told him that I bought your land but I now dug it up and found this, this is not mine, this is yours, you keep it. That person said to him that I sold the land. When I sold the land, I sold everything with the land. This is yours. You keep it. And neither one is ready to accept it. This person is forcing it on the next. That This is yours. You are the seller. I bought the land from you. I didn't buy anything else. This is yours. You keep it. A pot of gold. And that person is saying that when I sold the land, everything went with it. So eventually they took it for arbitration. Can we imagine this kind of dispute? arbitration, if it was us, we'll at least make it sound like, well, since you are insisting, doesn't matter now, just to make you happy, I'll keep it. So at that time, since you are insisting, I'll keep it. But they took it to an arbitrator. So the arbitrator, he saw the dispute, what kind of dispute this is? This is a dispute, it's a, you can call it a golden dispute. So he asked this person, anyone, both of them, he asked them, anyone of you has a son? One person said, yes, I have a son who is a grown-up person. You have a daughter? He says, yes, I have a daughter. He says, fine, get this, your son married to his daughter and spend this on them. This was the decision of the arbitrator. Now, this dispute, Allah Ta'ala blessed both with it. That when both had that heart of gold to give, so Allah Ta'ala blessed them in such a way that Allah Ta'ala made this intizam. That now both, the progeny of both now are benefiting from it. And what muhabbat and what love and bond this would have created between all concerned. 
this kind of dispute would have created that muhabbat which even peaceful situations don't, don't bring about. So the point is that when a person is focusing correctly, then he's engaging his mind in the right direction. This is the thing that we don't normally do as a result of which the frustrations develop. Indeed we are insan, so for that brief moment to get affected is human nature, but how brief that moment of getting affected is depends on how we then engage ourselves. Either it can be very brief, the initial feeling is human nature, either it can then be very brief or it can be lifelong. That all depends on how we take it from there. If somebody takes it in this way, that I am getting rewarded so much in the akhirat, why do I want to now get further into this? Let me dismiss it. For example, a person is suppressing his anger. So one is a person is suppressing his anger just because he wants to just keep quiet about it. And that's it. That's where it finishes off. So one time he suppressed his anger, then the second time, then the third time. But this is all bottling up. This is all now accumulating and he's building up. So the day comes when finally he's now bottled it up so much but that bottle is getting full. In time now that explodes. And then when it explodes it makes qaza for all the past also. So the ten times that he suppressed that anger, that tenth time when it explodes, he covers up for twenty times. The other ten didn't happen also. Now what was the problem was that he was just merely suppressing it and that's it. He wasn't releasing this emotion. How does this emotion get released? This emotion gets released by passing this on to the akhirat. That at that time when he's suppressing his anger, he is focusing on the ahadith that Nabi Wasallam has mentioned, in the, the rewards that Nabi Wasallam has mentioned for the one who suppresses this anger. مَنْ كَوَمَ غَيْضًا وَهُوَ قَادِرٌ عَلَىٰ إِنْفَاذِهِ مَلَأَ اللَّهُ قَلْبَهُ أَمْنًا وَإِيمَانًا that the person who suppresses this anger, where he could vent it, he is able to vent it. Somebody that he can vent his anger on, sometimes he can't because the person is a senior person, or the person is somebody who can now fire him from his job or whatever, so then he'll just keep quiet. But he can vent that anger and he still suppresses it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala fills his heart, Mala Allahu qalbahu amnan wa imana, with peace and with the strength of Iman. So now he's focusing on this. That fine, I'm making the sacrifice, but this is what I'm getting in return. The person who restrained that anger where he could vent it, on the day of Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala will call him. Allah Ta'ala will give him the choice of the Hurayin. You suppressed your anger in dunya, this is your reward today. So now he is passing it on. So he didn't bottle it up and keep it. He moved it on. So now he stored it. He's banked it for himself. So he's quite happy with the situation. So now his heart is empty and clean. It's clear. And when he's just keeping it there, he's not engaging himself positively. Then this is all bottling up. And this is all now accumulating. And someday he'll explode. He'll make qaza for all the past. So the same thing that now somebody is being told something, somebody was, some remark was made, somebody said something against one. It all depends now how he engages himself. And if you look into the lives of 
kabir and obviously this is in according to the level of ittiba of the sunnah that they had we find that this was their way because this was after all the legacy that Nabi Sallallahu passed on to the ummah that incident where that Bedouin came Nabi Sallallahu is in the middle of the Sahaba Ikram and this Bedouin comes Bedouin didn't have the opportunity to learn etiquette learn how to conduct himself correctly because far away from civilization sometimes person comes in the midst of the gathering of Sahaba, Nabi Islam is either on his camel or he's walking and he grabs hold of the sheet of the chadar that Nabi Islam was wearing and he jerks it with force to the extent that the Sahabi says that I saw the imprint of that cause edge, that mark that it left on the shoulder of Nabi Islam. This is the force with which he jerked it. So this caused physical pain and injury as well. And then on top of that, the in a very abrupt way he says, Murli Mimmalillah. That give me some of the wealth of Allah Ta'ala. Now can we imagine this situation, somebody talking to us like that? Who are we? We are nobody, and yet we how we would react to it. Nabi Salaam's reaction, he smiles at him first. He smiles at him. And then on top of that, he tells one sahabi that give him something take out some wealth from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi whatever, whoever was looking after it or something, and gave him something and sent him off. Now this is that legacy that came on, those who took it, those who imbibed this sunnah. And we find this in our Akabir, that they took it in their stride, one wonders whether they even got affected. But if they didn't get affected, it was only because the sunnah had permeated every pore of their lives. Hazrat Thanwi is seated on the mimbar to give a talk and one note comes like oh, somebody would write one note and pass it on please send this forward so you don't even know who sent it finally when it reaches the front so Hazrat opened that note now he's on the mimbar already somebody sent this note came via the crowd now so in this note now he opens it and he sees what's written there so he then reads it out to the gathering he reads it out to the gathering that somebody has sent this note and in this note, number one, they first say that tum kafir ho. That you are a kafir. Now can we imagine person of that caliber, that position, that standing. But this is something which has always happened that those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with some kind of position, honor, and there will be always those who are trying to spit at the moon. They will always be, and those who have already made their places in Jannat, will find in this time and age also, people still trying to spit on the moon. The great Imams of Fiqh, the Imam of Hanifa, and others, oh, you'll find on who not, who got saved. Everybody, there was somebody else to try and spit at the moon. But that's the expression, spit at the moon, because will that spit ever reach the moon? It comes back flying on the face of the person who did it. So any case he says firstly tum kafir ho and then he says the second thing is written here tum jolahe ho jolaha literally is a cotton weaver but in those days it was something like a very very lowly thing like a person who had no other job to do he would do this so the very very lowly person would be given this job to do and the third thing he said sambal karke baat karna 
watch what you speak. Now they said, look, this person has written these three things. So the first thing he says to him, kafir ho. So I make all of you witness. Let me recite my kalima properly again. So all of you are witness that Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has blessed, you, blessed me with iman. And you recite the kalima. Then the second thing he says to him, jolahe ho. He said, well, I haven't come here for any proposal. To send a proposal to somebody that I must be concerned now that I'm being called a lowly person, so maybe my proposal will get rejected. So this, this doesn't matter to me. Now imagine, in our context, somebody says that you are a street sweeper. Now somebody says you're a street sweeper. So now he says, well, if I'm being called a street sweeper, now this was just a light way of dismissing it. That if I came here to this community, because he was as a visitor somewhere, if I came here to put a proposal somewhere, then they should worry me now. That They'll say now they don't want to give their daughter to a street sweeper. I didn't come for that. So I don't need to even answer this. Let it be. And this third thing he says, sambal karke baat karna, watch what you speak. So I didn't come here to speak, I was called to speak. So if you don't want me to speak, I don't have to speak. So we can now finish this now and terminate this program. So as soon as others said this, so the bulk of the crowd and the people there, they said, please just ignore this. This is some mischief maker. We have come to benefit from your discourse. Please continue. So he put that aside and carried on. And as if nothing happened. Now can we imagine in the midst of a gathering, person sends us, but what annihilation of the nafs there was. The Shah Ismail Shaheed, Rahmatullah is famous incident. He's giving a talk in the Jami Masjid of Delhi. And one person who was put up to do this, probably paid to do it, that he stood up in the midst of that gathering of thousands. Now he is like the imam of the time. Person who the whole continent, Indo-Pak subcontinent, the Muslims hold him in very high esteem. And he is giving a talk in the midst of a gathering of thousands and this person stands up. Now he was somebody known to be, people regarded him to be as is termed as a Jalali person. In our terminology we will say, somebody with a short fuse. But nowadays, they say the fuses are made in China. <laughs> so besides being short, it's also very weak. Nowadays, Allah Alam, they say China's quality is improving to Allah knows. <laughs> but nowadays that fuse, they say, Allah knows best what kind of fuse nowadays people have. Because that thing doesn't even work sometimes. It's all the time fusing out. So, he was known to be somebody who, as we will say, somebody who had a very short temper. Now, this is that provocation. Sometimes we say that, you know what, what do I do in this extreme provocation? I was provoked to the extreme. So now, when I was provoked to the extreme, well, then this is what happens now. That person was now face the consequences. So this is extreme provocation. That in the midst of this gathering, this person stands up and he says to him, Can we imagine that a person stands up in the midst of a gathering and he addresses him and says that I have heard that you are an illegitimate person. He didn't even change the tone of his voice. And in that same tone that he was speaking, he replied and said that, brother, you are mistaken. The witnesses to my parents' nikah are still living in so-and-so places, some of them. 
you may go and verify it for yourself. And saying this, he continued with the talk that he was giving as if nothing happened. Now, how can this be possible? This can be possible. Now, this is somebody who was known to be short-fused as we say. That was only way it affected the deen of Allah Ta'ala. It was not for the sake of his nafs. And our situation is that we will keep fusing out for our nafs. And when it comes to matters of deen, then it is as if that there's a permanent fuse in place. Nothing affects it. So our whole situation is upside down. For deen, we won't get affected. When the laws of Allah Ta'ala are being trampled, then that won't matter to us. But when our ego is trampled, when our self-esteem which we have created for ourselves, we see that being trampled, then that becomes impossible for us to digest. So here he totally just ignored it. He didn't even give it a second thought. And he didn't even change the tone of his voice. And in the midst of that talk, he just merely said this much, that you are mistaken, you can go verify this. And he carried on like nothing happened. Now when can this happen? This can happen when a person has akhirat in front of him. And he is passing all this away to the akhirat. If that anger welled up also, he is suppressing it and not bottling it. There are two separate things. One is suppressing it, but then bottling it is still keeping it somewhere. It's in storage now. Not storing it. Just let it go. And keep one's life very light. Keep one's heart light. And this is the peace that Allah Ta'ala has promised. The hadith that we just discussed. That mala Allahu qalbahu amnan wa imana. First is amn. That the first benefit he gets, immediately, cash benefit, that he gets the benefit of peace within himself. This is the promise of Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Islam is passing it on to us. So this will happen when a person has akhirat in front of him. When he has the virtues and the rewards of akhirat in front of him. And he has annihilated this nafs. This is also part of that same ayat. To the extent of that tawazu. When the tawazu is there in reality, then these things become very easy. And if the tawazu is missing, then obviously that takabur is fire. And fire keeps rising, keeps jumping, sparks keep flying. So, this is a tawazu to de develop. And in this way, one will be able to very easily just wiggle out of anything that is now becoming an issue. If it is something that requires some involvement and engagement, then too he will engage it in a dignified way. He will engage it without becoming zalim himself. Sometimes he'll have to engage an issue. And as mentioned, that sometimes somebody, the mashura and advice might be to him that in your circumstances, you rather pursue this. For you, this is necessary. Whatever the circumstances would be, everybody's situation is not the same. But where there isn't any recoverable right, where there isn't something to get back in return, it's not somebody's money that is gone now, or something of that nature. It's merely an ego, ego issue. It's merely something of our respect that now has been little bit sullied by somebody making some comment, some remark. Oh, somebody now saying something that is hurtful in these kind of things, then to the extent of this tawazu, a person won't even take any note of it. There was one person by the name of Malna Abdul Ghafoor Qureshi, 
So he used to come to his Sheikh's Khanqa, which was in a very, very remote area. A lot of people used to come. The name of the Sheikh escapes the mind now. Not a very well-known name in our circles. Pakistan this was. So a lot of people used to come there. And because it was in this village, remote place, so there wasn't even any toilet system also. So people used to, used to go into the fields. After Fajr, after some time, they used to go to the fields to relieve themselves and so on. And there wasn't even electricity or whatever. So everything used to be done on fire, cooking on fire, water heated on fire. So the wood used to be needed for this. So normally it was a practice. Now these people have come. So when they would go out into the fields for their need, on the return, some dry firewood they would pick up and bring along. So this person, Mawlana Abdul Ghafoor Sahib, whenever he would now have to go out into the fields, he would return with a huge bundle on his head. Now there were local people also staying around. This was a small little settlement. And everybody is not always of the same mindset. So there would be some people, when he would come now returning with this, now he's a senior person himself, returning with this huge bundle on his head. So they would start mocking him in a way. They would make indications to others, one to one another, and pass some comment, pass some remark. So one day the sheikh said to him, Mawlana, when you come, don't bring such a big bundle on your head. Just bring one, two sticks is enough. That two will, your, your share will come away in that. Don't worry about it. So he replied and said, Basadad, I bring this, it's no difficulty on me. And I am happily doing this. I'm bringing this whole huge bundle. I am not finding any difficulty doing it. I do it wholeheartedly. So and I'm managing it. So then the Sheikh said to him, that it's not that, it's that these some of these people are jahil, local people here are jahil, and therefore now they pass these remarks and comments. So now rather they avoid it. So he asked the Hazrat, what do they say? So you say, Well, Hazrat's donkey has come already now. This donkey that he has ordered has come away now. This donkey is transporting all his firewood. So he spontaneously replied, Hazrat, they recognized me, that's why they're saying this. They recognized me that what I am. So they have now said what they have recognized. So in any case, this is the thing when a person has truly acquired this tawazu. Then this becomes a very easy thing for him to just dismiss and carry on with life. And if he got affected slightly, that too immediately he engages his mind positively, engages his heart positively. And when he positively engages his heart, that is the key to keeping one then away from all these issues. When one just remains neutral, a neutral car can get pushed any direction. Car is neutral, then it can get pushed backwards also. Can neutral is not good enough. Like a person going out on the street, Hazrat Wala Rahmatullah used to, his very often repeated statement, he used to say, Adam e qasd e nazar kafi nahi hai. Adam e qasd e nazar kafi nahi hai. Qasd e adam e nazar zaruri hai. What this means is, that a person is going out now for some work, whatever, he's leaving the house. So one is he goes out in a neutral condition. Neutral in the sense that, he is not intending to commit wrong. He is not intending to go and cast lustful glances around. He doesn't have the intention to go and do anything haram. 
and he doesn't have any other intention either. He's just neutral, just blank. And he goes out, says, this is not good enough. This is not good enough. He'll get washed away with one little gust of wind. He'll, he'll get blown away. What is necessary is that he must make a positive intention. That I am going out, I am not going to commit haram. He went out without any intention. He was blank. He didn't have the intention to commit wrong. He didn't even have the positive intention not to commit wrong. So he will get blown any direction. He will have to make a firm, determined, positive intention. I'm going out, I'm going to keep myself safe. I'm going to keep my gaze low. I'm not going to cast any wrong glance. Now, inshallah, with the help of Allah Ta'ala, he'll get saved. So likewise, a person, when these situations come up, these issues come up, somebody said something, somebody did something that hurt his feelings, if he is neutral at that time, sooner or later he'll get pushed in any direction. He'll have to engage himself in some gear, in the right gear, in moving ahead, in moving towards the direction of Jannat. So now, this will be easy for him to continue in that direction, because he's engaged in the right direction. So, when a person now has conditioned his mind and heart in this way, then these things become very simple, very easy, and obviously the primary issue is this tawazo. The primary issue is developing this humility. This is a subject on its own of how this humility is developed, but among the very, very simple prescriptions that have been given to us in the Hadith Sharif. This is now one of many things that need to be done, but one very, very simple prescription in the Hadith Sharif, when Nabi Salaam says, Al-Badi'u bis-salam bari'um min al-kibr. Al-Badi'u bis-salam bari'um min al-kibr. The person who always will initiate salam, he will be the first to make salam. Somebody elder than him, somebody younger than him, an adult, a child, obviously he is permissible to make salam. Otherwise he will always keep initiating salam to all the Muslim sisters after that only. That is haram for him to make salam there. So wherever it is permissible for him to make salam, he is forever the one to make salam first. This will have the effect of cleansing his heart. Often, this thought used to come that such an amal, so small, meaning small in the sense that so easy, so simple, no effort. And this is an atom bomb. Bari ummin al-kibr. Takabur is an atom bomb. La yadkhulul jannata man kana fi qalbihi mithqalu habbatim min khardalim min kibr. What a terrible bomb this is. The Nabi Salaam says, that person who has kibr and pride to the extent of a mustard seed, an atom's extent of pride, he will not enter Jannat. So what a major thing this is, something so major and something which is so simple and easy becomes the antidote to that. This sounds a bit difficult for us to fathom. But then if one considers it in a specific context, there's a problem between two people. And now they are not on speaking terms. Now one is coming from one direction, other is coming from the other direction, probably one passage now that one came from one end, the other came from the other end. Some places have these long passages, maybe both went to some hospital to visit someone, one ended up from one side, the other from the other side. Now they go to cross. And they haven't spoken to one another for a while, and they are not on speaking terms. 
And at that time now, to take the courage to make salam first, to initiate the salam. Often at that time, we'll just remember that we forgot to tell the sick person one more thing. Take a U-turn and go back to tell him something. But that is actually our sickness. At that time, to make salam, to initiate that salam is a mountain. And a person who takes that step and makes that salam, then see what it does to his heart, how it cleans it. How that one salam will wash away so many things from that heart. Because that salam is a mountain. And in that particular context, this is what will really wash that kibber away. And apart from that, all the time, a person who keeps initiating salam, this will in time keep developing and strengthening the tawazu and keep washing away that kibber. There are many other aspects as well. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq and grant us this great wealth of tawazu. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. Subhanallah.